This is Bram Floria. Friends, I've been thinking a lot recently about our place in history. As you and I share this moment together, there are unique and special things that God wants to share with us that are truly new. We have amazing opportunities in our generation that those before us simply did not. We get to see the Great Commission in action like never before. We get to be part of fulfilling it in ways that have never before existed through our special outreach projects. Friends, God is constantly reminding us that this is our time, and we must act while we have the time to act. This year is a challenging one in this world, there's no doubt about that. And it's a challenging season for Compassion Radio, too. We face a financial challenge that we simply can't ignore. For the first 70-plus years or so of this ministry, Wilbur and then Norm firmly believed that God would provide through his people and that God would bless our partners for doing so. If there was ever a shortfall, they would simply put it before you, our dear friends, and then leave it in the Lord's hands. So I'll simply do the same. Compassion Radio has never been a passive, self-focused organization. We've always been about challenging, inspiring, and motivating people like you to get involved with what God is doing, here at home and around the world. Can I count on you right now to step up to make sure that Compassion Radio can continue to be that kind of ministry, and hopefully for a long time to come? We know that we're unique in the world of Christian radio, and hopefully in a very refreshing way. So thanks for how you will refresh Compassion Radio with your prayers and financial support today and in the days to come. We love you, friends, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Today on Compassion Radio. We are to live it out in practical ways so that the people that we touch cannot escape the fact that this is the way God loves. That's so exactly true, Graham. You know, one of the things that really warmed my heart when I was there was that some of the local church leaders, Cambodian church leaders that I met with, they had gotten home the night before about 11 o'clock from a couple of days where they were over the border in Vietnam. And they had been over there working with the local Vietnamese believers, helping them, equipping them for church planting and evangelism. Welcome to Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. Today, Bram connects with John Podiety, and John is president and CEO of Bibles for the World, an organization dedicated to getting God's Word to all people across the globe. This is Frank Montenegro, and thanks so much for choosing to spend time with us today. Here's Bram with the second half of this eye-opening conversation. We're back today with John Podiety the president of Bibles for the World. John, welcome back to Compassion Radio. Thank you, Bram. Great to be here with you today. We were wrapping up a conversation about China on the last program, and I just want to cover a few more details about our recent trip and let you speak about what you think are the most important themes that the Western church needs to understand about the potential for the growth of China. We mentioned that the ability for the government to track individual movements and to know exactly what you've been up to financially or even what you've said in a public or private forum is unprecedented. The government of China does not have the constraints of a Bill of Rights, but they also are acting in one way as the moral guardian of the people in the culture. They don't want to see people off into cults, creating all kinds of new dangers in the country. They're very, very, very security conscious, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We feel the same way about our country. However, it also means that there's a huge pressure on believers and anybody of faith in China to have to justify why they would do something that's not state-centered. 
that was the environment you and I stepped into on this trip, saying, how do we negotiate this new surveillance society? And how do we encourage the believers? And how do we pursue new opportunities to reach out with the gospel to people who might never entertained it before? We're hearing that the government literally is trying to understand better what it is about these Christians that's so powerful, and they're trying to actually make friends with them along the way. And that was new for me. So what do you think is the big theme in the future of the next few years of the church in China and our relationship as Westerners to them and how we can help them grow in their spiritual walk? It's important for listeners to understand, first of all, that Christianity is one of the five recognized religions in China by the Chinese government. So they do accept it and are trying to understand it, as you mentioned. And the other thing is that the Bibles are being printed in China, millions of them actually for export. I would estimate that perhaps 50% of the Bibles that we see here in America are printed in China. Indeed. And a certain portion or percentage are allowed to be printed in the Chinese language for distribution only in China. The government, of course, keeps a watch on those numbers but does have a certain amount that are legally sanctioned every year to be printed. And what we're finding is that while these allow the Chinese government to show their openness, as it were, at the same time, these Bibles are not reaching the more remote areas. Uh, The country, as I understand, only has 80 registered permitted bookstores that can sell the Bible, aside from through the church network. Do the math on that one, John. You're talking about 80 bookstores of service about 1.3 billion people. And if even 10% of them are truly Christians, which is probably a conservative estimate at this point, you're looking at 80 stores to service well over 100 to 150 million people. That's not a real good likelihood you're going to run down to your mall and pick up a copy of the Bible. No, not at all. Most of these are rather small bookstores and usually closer to the uh, large urban areas. Uh, You know, you're talking about servicing an area of perhaps what would be in the U.S., a five-state area, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of population with one Christian bookstore. Right. And they have also banned the online sale Mm -hmm. of Bibles. So these are things that make it very hard, no doubt, for the Word of God to go out and to reach into these uh, uttermost regions uh, within China. And so that's where we feel that we can come in come alongside the body of Christ there and help move them from point A to point B from the printing press or their warehouses out to some of these uh, remote provinces and into the the more rural areas where, you know, the chance of a carton of Bibles reaching is almost nil in in these people's lifetime. There's also a kind of a turn the eye the other way mentality and these courtesies extended between government officials and church officials. They know that there is some vagueness in some of the regulations, and none of the people that work as liaisons between the government and the churches really want to get stuck in the bind of being known as a persecutor of their own countrymen. So they plead very carefully not to step so far that they have to become, as they say, the big pig and get slaughtered. Um, Don't step out too far. Don't show yourself to be rude or disrespectful to the government, and we'll leave you alone. There's been plenty of that kind of uh, detente between the political system and the church elders, which was kind of interesting to watch that kind of slow dance happen as we were having these big meetings in these city centers. Bram, you also got to keep in mind one of the prevailing ideals of the Chinese society and the Chinese government is harmony. Mm. And they do want harmony among the people because they see this as so important for the smooth functioning of the Chinese nation, of the Chinese society. And so they are looking for harmony I'm not saying that there isn't persecution and oppression. I mean, churches are being torn down. 
church leaders are being arrested in different parts of China, but it varies from place to place across right. the country. And it may be happening over here in the east or in the southeast, but then, you know, there's a different climate, different context in another part of China. And so we keep looking for these opportunities where there are people who are understanding and realize that, yes, we are going to try to operate within the entire letter of the law, but at the same time, we do want to get God's word to the people of China. And God has to open those doors and soften hearts along the way. And it's really interesting to see how God does that day to day. And you're literally walking in his spirit every time you walk into saying, God, what do you want me to know about these people in this situation so that I can do your work your way and encourage and build the kingdom and not harm it? And that kind of prayer has to be a minute-by-minute urgency so that you don't end up doing things that are unnecessarily harmful. This is Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. More with Bram and his guest, John Podiety, coming up next. Compassion Radio is here not just to teach the truth, but to provide you with opportunities to do the truth. That's why we've built and supported an orphanage in Hong Kong, provided beds for homeless children in India, counseled street kids in Hollywood, ministered to widows, carried Bibles into China and Vietnam, helped establish churches and provide Bibles in Indonesia, North Korea, and Southeast Asia, provided sight for the blind in Africa, aided refugees from Kosovo, and given tens of thousands of dollars to feed the hungry. Our goal is to teach the word clearly and accurately, always applying that word to building the kingdom. And we invite you to join our family as we learn together, witness together, and serve together. Please go to CompassionRadio.com today to find out more about this ministry. Again, that's CompassionRadio.com. You're listening to Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. Let's talk about how God's reaching the rest of the region. As soon as we had finished our time together, uh, you took off to go see what was happening down in the country of Cambodia. So tell me what God's been doing down south of China these days. Well, that was a, an interesting, short, brief visit I had there. Bibles for the World have been active in Cambodia early on when the country first opened up. And this would have been the late 90s and early 2000s. And we were able to come in there and help provide God's word to a very small but uh, growing body of believers there. And to go back there after nearly 20 years, wow. it was quite a different place. I mean, when I first went in there, there was one paved road <laughs> between the airport and the king's palace. Wow. And everything else was just rubble. It was like driving into a war zone. I've seen a lot of development. Since that time, roads are paved, huge buildings have come up, things like that. But was able to meet with a lot of the believers there in Cambodia and get a finger on the pulse of how God is working and moving and how things are growing there. And it was just exciting to hear reports uh, from a number of these pastors and church leaders who are working 
and helping their people plant churches and disciple hmm. young Cambodians uh, to follow Christ. And it just continues to grow there. So it's, it's a very, very exciting time seeing that country. At the same time, see the need, again, hmm. for God's Word, that they can be guided and grounded. And, and still a lot of the believers there don't have their own copies, and there just aren't enough copies of resources like the Gospel of John for them to share with their fellow Cambodians. It's not a huge country, and uh, at the same time, it's a country really in need, really under a lot of pressure, interestingly. A lot of Chinese influence coming into the country, more than I've ever seen in years past. I imagine most of the development coming down south there is bankrolled by Chinese money. That's exactly right. The Chinese are investing heavily in that country as their country has opened up to allow them to invest outside the country. And we're just seeing the Chinese buying up and building a, a lot of things there. It's a time for us as the body of Christ to, to really get in there strong so that the Chinese influence may stay limited to the economic sector and we can still come alongside them to help meet the spiritual needs of the people of Cambodia. So some of the same kind of pressures we saw in China may start rising up in these other small dragons, as they refer to themselves. Mm-hmm. Great times of opportunity, great times of uh, danger, as you said, about the Chinese mm-hmm. symbol for crisis. It's a combination of both those concepts. And I guess the important part for the church in these areas of the world is reminding the people that they are no danger, that when they look at the cross, the danger is to our pride, not to our souls. Mm, and that's right. being able to step into the kingdom does not mean you're stepping outside your culture or forsaking your people. In fact, you are doubling down on your love for them. And people who step into the kingdom step even lower into the country they, they live in and serve at the risk of their own lives in order to love and take care of those. They become the generous ones. And we've seen that time after time, a country we've, we've all visited, that when the word of God takes root and people come to know him and the kingdom flourishes, the government tends to misunderstand it or believe a lie that the devil puts in their minds. But at the same time, they're getting blessed and loved by the very people that they're afraid of. And I think this is a, a theme that's going to repeat itself every generation. And it's important for us to remind our listeners that persecution is not always a sign of a willful, intentional hatred of the gospel, but a deeply profound misunderstanding, often, of what the gospel means. And the mm-hmm. the fear that arises out of falsehoods or lies or misinterpretations are just as dangerous, of course, but they're not the end of the game. People can be won over by love. It's interesting that one of the biggest things we saw in China about the fear the government still had was not that they were afraid of the Christians for taking over or deposing them. They were afraid that they were going to transform the entire culture within the party because they knew that there were many, many Christians who were actively in the Communist Party that were spreading the gospel amongst their members. So they were afraid they were going to lose influence. It's not that they were bad people. They just were the kind of good people that you couldn't get rid of because everyone likes them. <laughs> and so that was a threat to their hegemony. Um the same thing might be happening across many other countries you run into. What do you suspect is going to happen across South Asia now that these these changes are happening, these modernizations of all these nations are occurring so quickly? Hmm. Well, you know, I think that we see these the rapid growth of these economies there in Southeast Asia, and we've got to do our best to keep Christians active and at the forefront of that and, and relevant. 
And part of that is is providing scripture because, mm. as you said, we want people, whether it's uh, individuals or governments or authorities, to respond to the actual Word of God and the message there, not to what they might have been told or what they might have been led to believe mm-hmm. and the uh, evils or dangers or whatever that might come of it, but rather to really come into a personal encounter with here is God's love. Mm-hmm. Let them see it right in front of their face. Yeah. Let them read it, experience it for themselves. That's the thing that's going to transform lives and transform societies. And the kind of love we're talking about is understanding the Christian concept in the Greek word of agape. Christians are the ones who will step into the gap for those who have no reason or expectation to be loved or cared for by people who should fear them or have reason to hate them back. But the Christians step into a kind of love that God himself has for every person in mankind. And we are to live it out in practical ways so that the people that we touch cannot escape the fact that this is the way God loves. That's so exactly true, Ram. You know, one of the things that really warmed my heart when I was there was some of the local Cambodian church leaders that I met with. They had gotten home the night before about 11 o'clock from a couple of days where they were over the border in Vietnam. And they had been over there working with the local Vietnamese believers, helping them equipping them for church planting and evangelism. That was really exciting because, you know, for so many years, the tensions between those two countries have been there, the wars that they've had between each other. And for them as Cambodians to be reaching out, Cambodia is a smaller country, Vietnam, far more populated, much stronger militarily, economically, uh, traditionally. For them to be reaching out to the people of Vietnam with the love of Christ, helping them training them, encouraging them to evangelize their own people and Mm -hmm. go out with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ and how to go about that and how to plant churches. Mm. As the uh, spiritually older brother to the Vietnamese, it was just really exciting to be with those guys. I bet it was. Now, if we have any knowledge of history at all, we know that the relationship between those South Asian countries was pitted against each other in violent ways for many years, and not least because the great superpowers of the world were contesting on this small playing field their philosophies Mm -hmm. and their political systems. So for the better part of the 20th century, all those countries were being tossed around like pawns between capitalism and communism, totalitarianism and democracies. And it was just a, a nasty, nasty, blistering conflict of all kinds that happened for many, many years. And to see the people come out of that and the ones who were most oppressed, like the people in Laos and Cambodia, to reach out to the more powerful neighbors and bring them hope, bring them love, and bring them the gospel itself is an extraordinary thing. It truly is. And, you know, as I went back and I revisited the killing fields where I'd gone 20 years ago, hmm. you just overcome waves of emotion realizing what this country and its people have gone through and just wanting to share the love of Christ with them that can surpass all of the miseries that they have faced individually and families and as an entire people. And then to meet some of these believers there who are just so on fire to share the gospel and to see this growth continuing, talking about reaching out to not only their own people, but to Vietnam and also up to Laos, which still remains very, very difficult, but they're, Mm. they're trying and doing their best to work with people from that country to train them to reach their own people. So key, and that they've got that. They they understand that concept right from the beginning, so we can really sync up. One of the guys that I was talking about, he actually had been part of a Bible school where we had distributed Scripture and had been working with them in those early days. And so it was so wonderful to see him, how he's matured spiritually, and how he's just 
on fire for reaching out to the villages and to the, these remote and rural areas with the gospel and awesome. and helping the people plant churches among themselves and in their own villages. Now, to put this in context for our listeners one more time, the reason why all of this is happening now is because somebody, namely Bibles for the World and some other missionaries working together at the time, got the Word of God into Cambodia 20 years ago. You think about those vast swaths of humanity where the gospel has not taken root. Planting the seed is the first step. You don't jump straight to fruit after 15 minutes. You plant the seed, you water it, you pray for it, you watch over it, you tend the fields, and when God's ready, he brings that word to fruit, and things Mm -hmm. start changing. And you're, you're talking about that literally coming to fruit in the fields of Cambodia right now. So... That's why I'm excited every time we do Bible projects that we talk about what's beginning, because I know somebody on the road, we're going to hear that report back of how that word took root. So we need to put as much seed in the soil as we can. Yes, we do. And we're looking at launching a renewed uh, outreach to Cambodia later this year. There's going to be some events there that are coming up that we'll be doing some major distribution in and around and and have that as the start for a sustained effort for that country over the next couple of years at the very minimum. Um, There just seems to be some tremendous opportunities. There's some good cooperation in the the fellowship there of of believers working together. Wonderful. And so we're excited to see how we can come in and play a little part and be a little catalyst through some scripture distribution uh, strategically done that can uh, really keep fanning the flames of the gospel throughout that region. Awesome. And we are thrilled to be able to be part of this with you, John. Thank you for inviting us to be not just supporters of the incredible work God's put in your hands, but allowing us the privilege to be eyes and ears for the things that God's doing with that seed that you are planting all around the world. Well, I look forward to you, Bram, and your listeners' uh, continued involvement with this project and with these initiatives in different parts of Asia, especially. You know, I'm very excited. I hope we can travel there together. I'll Mm -hmm. certainly keep sending reports and we can keep doing interviews as things develop. But we'd love to see you be able to travel over there with us in a future trip here, especially to Cambodia. I know it's a place that Norm had visited a number of times. He did. He loved that country. He had a huge, huge burden for Southeast Asia, you know, as I talked to him over the years. And I just knew that was always something really close to his heart, having seen just how those people were pitted against each other, almost pawns, as you say as people kind of working out their various ideologies, whether it be Russia, China, you know, the Soviet Union at the time, U.S., France, everybody trying to have their influence there. And you just see those people, how they got all twisted and torn apart by that. And, you know, a situation that only the love of God can come in and straighten things up and transform. Yeah, it's kind of understandable why, without a closer look at these things, that people from the East would look at this Western Christianity that we invented and say, we want no part of that because all we see is the the torment that comes with imperial systems. And yet, God keeps making a way for the true gospel to punch through that and to take root and become a truly indigenous movement in every country where it lands. That's why I believe that the Word of God is essential, because the seed itself needs to be read in a mother tongue. It needs to be something that is understood and felt by the heart, and not just some other culture's attitude or mandate to your country. It needs to be something that God really grows within them as a people. And you've done that very well, John, the countries you've gone to. And of course, the Gospel of John is at the very center of that. Thank you for bringing us along for the ride, friend, and we look forward to hearing more 
success stories and more reasons to be praying for the work that you're doing around the world. And we'll touch base with you as often as we can. Thanks, John Podiety of Bibles for the World for being with us again on Compassion Radio. We look forward to having you back as soon as we can. This is Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. If you missed anything today, you can listen again anytime. Just open up a browser on your computer, smartphone, or tablet and go to CompassionRadio.com. While you're there, go ahead and take a moment to find out more about this ministry. Again, it's CompassionRadio.com. Now, if you liked what you heard, please consider supporting Compassion Radio. First, with your prayers. When you pray for us, God increases the effectiveness of this ministry by empowering the Compassion Radio team for service and by opening doors of opportunity for us to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Second, please share this broadcast with a friend or loved one. This will help us reach as many people as possible with the important work God is doing in the lives of those who live in a missional way. And finally, please consider supporting this ministry financially. Compassion Radio is 100% listener-supported. That means it's your gifts that make it possible for us to continue. You can support Compassion Radio right now by calling 800-868-2478 or by visiting CompassionRadio.com. When you're there, just click on the Donate button. Again, it's 800-868-2478 or CompassionRadio.com. Now, if you'd like to show your support using your smartphone or tablet, you can just text the word COMPASSION to 53445. That's the word COMPASSION to 53445. And of course, you can always mail your gift to Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. That's P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Thanks again so very much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen. And please be sure to join us again for more Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. This program is sponsored by Compassion Ventures Incorporated and your generous financial support.